0: The Sports Complex on The Horn.
1: Hour two of the Sports Complex on The Horn. We're going to get into some Sark audio. Got some clips from him from yesterday's press availability. Uh, Some more Kool-Aid drinking going on for the Texas fans, little uh, betting advice that may make you uh, even make that Kool Aid a little bit sweeter for Texas fans. Getting in some Rangers stuff, Astros stuff. Astros, uh, about to start playing uh, the Orioles series, uh, momentarily. They will be uh, te- they will be uh, playing ball, uh, in Baltimore. We'll get to all that, but uh, let's talk. I do, I do want to bring it up. We're, you guys have been uh, great on the Specs text line. 512-337-3776. Our big fat poll of the day is who is the current worst owner in sports. Lots of great suggestions. One that I have not seen up there is James Dolan, the uh, owner of the Knicks, which I shouldn't mention because James Dolan has apparently got a list of people he doesn't like. He has a list of James Olin has this list of guys that he is uh, a f- completely against, and he has he has got facial recognition technology at Madison Square Garden. Is what they are saying, what many people have alleged, and they are saying that he is uh, putting, he is basically not allowing them in. And there's levels to this. So the reports are that there's levels of he will bring you into his all like they will come in and they'll 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 give you a, a warning to be like, hey, stop, you know, posting stuff about uh, James Dolan being a bad owner. And then then there's like, well, you can go escalate to uh, ban- being banned. It can be escalated to being physically removed. And like there is a bunch of different levels apparently to this, but he does it with facial recognition technology. It's crazy. Uh, so yeah, send in your stuff on, uh, the worst owner, your, 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 uh, suggestions for the worst current owner in sports right now. Uh, we'll be going over that. I do want to get into some Texas football sound. Uh, Sark was available to the press yesterday, uh, talked about some things and some of this stuff kind of really, uh, started to, uh, you know, are we're getting a little bit closer to the season and the first cut I want to play for you was something of, I think I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting this name to be somebody that is entering the conversation as much as he is, even before the season starts, much less much during his uh, freshman season. But we're talking about Jonte Cook, and Sark had to talk about Jonte Cook, and uh, here's what he had to say at availability yesterday.
0: Well, I think I, I think something when you first arrive and you're a five star and you're you're here in spring ball, um, you know. One they have really good coaches at DeSoto and they have then he's been he's been coached in a way that that he believes in and then you you go to a new system or scheme just like when our guys leave us that it's about doing things the way that organization wants it done, whether it's a specific route or a scheme or whatever um, and what, what i've what i've loved about John Tigg right now is he, how coachable he is you know I think he's really trying to do. Um, what we're asking of him to do, and then when he doesn't do it the right way, he acknowledges acknowledges that and tries to do it again better the next time. Um, but I just think there's a there's a level of comfort schematically. I think that it's making sense to him, you know, what we're asking of him, um, and then he's he's. You know, making the most of, of his opportunities. You're not perfect, like you know, this time of camp with receivers. You know, how do we minimize the drops? How do we how do we take advantage of opportunities? 50-50 balls, and so those things are going to happen. Uh, but when you're playing fast and you have an idea of knowing what to do, and you're coachable, and you're not making the same mistakes twice, uh, you give yourself an opportunity to be successful in this system, uh, and that and that's what's showing up for.
1: So Jonte Cook, a topic of conversation multiple times during the press availability yesterday. And Jonte Cook was somebody that you thought, you know what, he may have an impact, but with how log that wide receiver room seems this year, when you have Xavier Worthy, who some people have on their Heisman list, when you have uh, Jordan Whittington, who didn't get the ball nearly enough last year, but we know is an amazing wide receiver, he's the most experienced wide receiver there, and can do so much for you that even if you're not throwing the ball his way, you want to put him on the field because he's able to. He's one of the best blocking wide receivers probably in college football. And there's so many things he can do for you that even if you're not even throwing it his way, you want to have Jordan Whittington on the field. You get Isaiah Neor is coming back from injury. All reports are that he's progressing nicely. So you'll be able to get him coming back. That's another piece that adds another deep threat. You have A.D. Mitchell, who looked great in the spring game. Reports are that he looks great in practice. A lot of people saying he could move up and have a, a really good year for for the Longhorns as well. And so if we say that all of those guys are going to demand touches and many snaps, because, I, I mean, we'll say again, Jordan Whittington, I think he needs to get the ball more. I think it's we've talked about it before the, of trying to use the you know short game a little bit more and the quick game a little bit more. And Jordan Whittington is a perfect guy for yards after catch. So many things he can do. So I would love to see him get more ki- targets. Even if he doesn't, though, even if he doesn't get those targets, he's going to be on the field. Like, there's, I don't, there's not a better wide receiver to have out there that can block, that can that – for running the screens and things like that. You also throw in J.T. Sanders, we'll get to in a second. J.T. Sanders, another guy who's going to get a ton of targets – I wasn't sure Jontae Cook was going to get a ton. Now you want to involve him because he is highly recruited, because he is vocal, because he is somebody that can turn to be one of your best recruiters going into next season and the season after that. And there's two ways you can kind of keep a guy on your team if they're that, you know, if they're, if they're all that and they want, to, they want to get the ball, they want to play, is you give them playing time and you win. And sometimes, if you're, if you're winning, but they're not getting all the playing time, they'll be okay because they know their time's coming, especially for a freshman. They don't need to transfer out necessarily after fresh, their first season. You know what? The paycheck's okay. I'm getting my NIL money. I'm getting, you know, we're working into it. A couple of these guys are going to be gone. It's going to open up the room for me. I'm going to be the number one receiver next year. I'm fine with it. But you got to win. You can't lose and not play the guy. But it seems now that the Texas Longhorns could be playing Jonte Cook and he could be part at work into these plans. Sark is talking about him pretty highly. I would love to see him get in there because it just gives you another weapon. Just gives you another weapon. And when you throw that in with all those wide receivers and you add in J.T. Sanders and you add in the tight end and you add in that tight end position that is at the level – that if you play fantasy football, you know there's only a few tight ends in the NFL who can be that level of contributor, that, that standard of a contributor, because we're not talking Dalton Schultz, a guy get out there and, you know, look, he's a good safety blanket. We're talking about a game-changing tight end. There's not that many of them that exist, and JT Sanders is showing all signs that he is not only going to be what he was last year, but could even improve uh, and play even better this season.
0: Inevitably, we... We've got some pretty good weapons. You know, i do don't, I don't not shy in saying that. You know, we, we try to build a roster that is complete. Um, and and I think that we now have have a really good you know, receiving core uh, to go along with JT and, and him building off of what his first two years look like. I always remember, for whatever reason, everyone kept asking me about him his freshman year like he was some sort of disappointment or something because he wasn't starting. and you know, and catching a bunch of balls. And I kept saying he's developing at the position. And then so last year he goes out and catches 55 balls. Um, But we kind of feel like there's so much more room for growth for him. Like he can still go to another level. He's such a dynamic playmaker. He's got great hands. And the biggest thing to me is he's so smart. J.T. Sanders is probably one of the smarter players on the offensive side of the ball for us. He's got an extremely high football IQ. We ask a lot of him. He understands what we're trying to do when we call specific plays, and then he runs his routes accordingly. So I think it does lend itself to where there could be some more opportunities for him down the field because of his understanding of coverages to go along with his physical ability to go do those types of things.
1: When you talk about J.T. Sanders, evolving and you talk about his potential this season at tight end another year with Quinn Ewers and you look at what the top tight ends in the NFL do the last thing Sark says in that clip is about understanding defenses and his foot in his basketball his IQ being able to get yourself open when a play, and you can be, instead of being a safety blanket, I'm just kind of running my out and trying to find an open space. I'm trying to find an open space with open space downfield, and I'm going to keep moving and find a way, and I'm going to pace my steps correctly and make be able to make eye contact and be able to do all these things to get a connection with my quarterback that can take a play that isn't developing right, and when they think they have – everything guarded and they not sure. And you miss that window. And even if Xavier Worthy runs a perfect route and he's open and you just miss it because by the time you see it and by the time you get your back foot planted, that safety's already too close over. And you go, I can't put it there. I don't want to risk throwing that interception. I don't need to do it because we have so many weapons. I don't have to go to that. I can go and throw it to a JT Sanders and he's not in a place where it's a six yard gain and guys are creeping over He's moving, he is, he's shifting the defense even ways they don't know. That makes me very excited for things that can happen with J.T. Sanders. And it really all comes down to what Sark talks about in this clip. What you want when you put all together A.D. Mitchell and Tay Cook and, and Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington and Isaiah Naor and J.T. Sanders. How do you guard multiple threats?
0: I'm very comfortable with more than two out there right now on our team and obviously Xavier we, we know what he is he's really versatile I, sometimes I think he's almost better in the slot than he is outside I mean he, he's a very versatile player I think what AD Isaiah Nair bring is very unique with their length and their ability to make contested catches I think Jonte sometimes falls into the mold of Xavier where he's kind of a uh, can play inside and or outside, and then Jordan kind of being very comfortable in the slot, um, and so you know for us, if we can deploy five people onto the field, um, you can't double everybody and load the box and stop the run. And so um, I, I think that that's something that we've been trying to build towards on our roster. We feel like we kind of got it right this year, um, and now the quarterback understanding distributing the ball and getting those guys the ball in space. Uh, Because all those guys I'm mentioning, JT included, and all those runners, they're hard tackles in space. They're hard people to get on the ground in space. So if we can deploy people right on the field and we can get the ball to them in a timely fashion, accurately, not only should we get completions, I think we can create some run after the catch uh, better than we have in the last couple of seasons.
1: Run after the catch. Come on, Sark. That's the stuff I'm talking about. Run after the catch. I don't need all deep threats. I don't need all bombs. I want the bomb. I know I want the bomb. We all want the bomb, Sark. I know you want it more than all of us. You want that. If you could get that every... If if every play was for 45 yards, Sark would be the happiest man in life. I get that. But if you say, hey, man, we can find these threats because... We got their fourth defender. They're double teaming over here, and they're trying to figure this out, and we're able to keep shifting and keep shifting who we're able to go after. And you're able to make it that they never know where that next threat is coming from. And God forbid somebody gets hurt, somebody goes down, and they're out for a game or they're out for two games to have someone step in line right behind them and to not have to throw the ball to somebody with a broken hand for half a season. But – there's one caveat to this, because all this works great, and all the weapons and it's there there is there's multiple threats, and it's everything you do, but he mentioned it briefly in this, and it's really the most important part of what's going to be able to dictate how this season looks offensively for the longhorns, which is we know the, the, we know that the O line is going to play well. We know that this the wide receiver core is one of the best in college football. We know JT Sanders is one of the best tight ends in college football. We believe that Quinn Ewers will be one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and if he's not, Malik Murphy is right behind him, and you figure you one of them has to be one a really good quarterback. But I think Quinn Ewers is going to be that guy. So if we say those two guys, that, that we have a quarterback, we have an O-line, we have everything else – and the defense can't stop us. What do you need to be able to do it? And it's what you had the last few years that you didn't have to ask for, that you knew was there, and you had two of the best of for the last few seasons. You have Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson for the last few seasons. You don't have that. You're trying to have to go out and play new running backs. Here's Sark talking about C.J. Baxter because – for me, C.J. Baxter, this running back room—that's pivotal. That's so pivotal to what happens with the Longhorns this coming season. I think he's
0: come a long way. You know, again, like a lot of these guys. You mentioned Jonte. You mentioned Anthony Hill. You mentioned C.J. Baxter. When they come from high school, there's, the game changes, right? Everything changes. The the nuances, the the details, the the schemes change, and. There's that transition period for them that that takes a minute, and uh, like like all three of these guys, I really credit because we haven't, you know, we haven't gone out there with training wheels on the bikes with these guys. You know, we, we've taken the training wheels off, we've pushed them down the road, and they've fallen some, um, but now they're learning They've learned how to ride the bike, and CJ's no different. You know, he's pass protecting, he's running routes, he's running the ball well. Um, I think he's got a real understanding of, of, you know, systematically what we try to do. When he makes an error, he's very coachable and tries to do it right. But the one thing, like with all three of those guys you mentioned, effort is never an issue, right? They play hard. Like Anthony Hill plays hard. C.J. Baxter runs hard, plays hard. Jonte runs hard. And so we critique effort first. We can deal with some of the errors. But as long as you're coachable and you give us great effort, you know, we'll, we'll get it right with you.
1: So there's Sark saying they've got the effort and effort is great and being coachable is great and all those intangibles and the talent and everything is great. When we get to week two, is Texas going to have a running back? We know in the ball game, for whatever reason, they didn't play certain guys. They, they really focused on Keelan Robinson. They didn't use the, the packages we thought they would use, and it was very evident that the run game was going to be a problem for the Longhorns in that bowl game. Going into next season, you need to have that run game. Be as stout as possible because if you allow them to put two or three guys in that line and just rush and basically let you try and get there and you they want you to try and get 2 yards and they're able to get pressure on you you have to be able to pressure them by running the ball. And now hopefully the deep game will come and you'll be able to do you'll be able to open up the the running game. But we've seen time after time that trying to throw it deep downfield to open up the running game is is not working. We've seen it too many times where You just try and do that over and over and over again, and you never focus on getting the running game going so that you can pass it downfield. They just stay back, and then your running game doesn't ever really get going. You keep throwing the ball because you keep going, well, they're loading up on the box for us, and you're not able to get to place. It's a statistical anomaly because you say, well, they're not double-teaming anybody. We don't have any double coverage. They're just having a safety help over. We're not really doubling Xavier Worthy, but the ball's not getting there because it's too windy. College football, you're playing a lot of buildings where there's going to be wind or rain or something else happening. You're going to have to find a way to run the ball, and you cannot lose a game because you do not have the ability to run the ball. So, CJ Baxter, the rest of this running back room for the Longhorns, is going to be a big piece of the multiple threats, the ability to not be able to double team and not guard. Part of that is you need a running back room that can carry the ball, get yardage, break tackles and especially hold on to the football. So, as much as there is all the Kool-Aid for the multiple threats, there is a little stand back, a little push of, hey, all right, the running back room, when I hear effort, when I, it's, whenever I hear things that aren't the the answer to the question I want, when you hear coach speak, it is a little worrisome. we still got time before the season. He may be... Holding him to an unrealistic expectation because he did work for the last couple of years with Bijan Robinson. He's got a, a coach who who was coaching his last two running backs are were both NFL first round draft picks in Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson. Hard choices, two running backs. I, I get it. I get that. You know, maybe the rec- expectations may be very high, and that's where it is. We'll know when we get to Week One if we have a running room, a running back core that we, there is a playmaker because the difference is every other piece of the field, there is a playmaker at wide receiver. There's a playmaker at tight end. If you want to say Kelvin Banks, there's a playmaker there. There's playmakers all over this offense. Quinn Ewers can be a playmaker. Is there a running back playmaker? That is the biggest question for the Longhorns going into the season. I do, uh, I do like another piece that I found uh, to give you a little bit more Kool-Aid. So we'll give you a little bit more Kool-Aid before we go to the break. Uh, George Fortenbaugh, who is a betting expert uh, for ESPN, was on ESPN talking about some of his picks and his favorite over-unders, stuff like that. And uh, he was asked about his favorite over. And I'll just play what he said, but I think Texas fans will appreciate that it is not just Texas homers that are drinking some of the Kool-Aid.
0: Give me the over that has some value. I'm all the way in on this team, and if I'm wrong, and I've been wrong on them before, then we can play this at the end of the season. But give me over 9.5 wins on Texas. Give me a little bit of Texas to make the playoff at 3-1 to as well. This roster's absolutely loaded. I've got them favored in 11 of 12 games this season. They'll be a dog week 2. At Alabama Now, if they lose that game and run the table, how is the committee going to keep out a one-loss Texas team that's a conference champion on an 11-game winning streak? All right, they want Texas in the playoff, head and shoulders above the rest of the Big 12. Quinn yours is going to take a big step forward this year. Really like the win total. Get a little of that 3-1 to as well.
1: Woo. Oh, I like that. I like it when I hear a non-Texas fan come out and tell me that you know what? I like the win. I think they're an 11-win team. I think that's a 9.5. That's crazy. It's ludicrous to think that 9.5 a half's the line. I know we want to be a double-digit win team. I know that's what we want, and that's that's where it's said. we got to be playing for a Big 12 championship. But it's nice to hear somebody come out and say, you know what? I like them in the college football playoff. I like that 3-1 to one odds. I like to say over 9.5. I like that. I'm a big fan of that, and it, and you may like Joe Fortenbaugh more if you're a uh, Westlake fan, because his next pick was that you should take a bet on Kay Klubnick as a as a somewhat long shot to win the Heisman. So if you're a if you're a Westlake Longhorn fan, this is your guy right now. He is giving you the best betting advice you're going to get. All of that <laughs> means nothing if there's not a running back room. Uh, we got a text that says I think there's. Too many running backs in that room for someone not to succeed. Someone will show out and take the spot. That's the question. I know that they're going to have decent running backs. I want them to have a playmaker because the whole Sark equation and how we start to take away Coach Steven and how we start to take away that, oh, well, he's just planting himself into a spot that only works if he has the best players is if he has the best players. And I think you have a lot of those pieces right now. But can he coach a running back room if they're a running back room that needs extra coaching and extra scheming and extra planning and you need to be able to get those guys pumped up? Can he do that with the help of Deshard Choice? That is where I don't know if Sark can do it because he's at Texas always had great running backs. And when he was at Alabama, he had great running backs. When he was at USC, he had great running backs. So we don't know if he's able to do it without having – is he able to build that running back – is he able to get that running back to the next level and find that one and scout out which running back in his own practices is going to be the guy? That is what I want to see Sark do this season because if he builds up that running back room and he gets you at least one, man, if he gets you two running backs that can consistently carry the ball, not turn it over, pass block, do everything you need, and even step out. You still have a Keelan Robinson who may be able to step out and get some catches, all of those things. But if you have your back then it is. It's too many threats. As Rod said this morning, it's a mathematical equation you cannot solve. If you have a star running back, it, it just, a, just a, a factor running back, a running back that can make a big play, and if you have that and you have to set out an extra play, you can't just put a defensive – you can't just put one linebacker and hope it works because this guy's going to break it and he's a guy that a, a defensive back can't take down and you've got Jay Whit blocking downfield for you. If you have all of those pieces – I have to agree with with Joe Fortenbaugh, but we're not going to know until we see it if that running back room is there. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to do some baseball. And uh, if you're an Astros fan, I don't think we're having another no-hitter on the way from Fromber today. Already 2-0 Orioles after one inning. We'll get back into some baseball talk. Got some audio from Bruce Bochy, some audio from the White House, from Dusty Baker, right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 109 AM 1260 HornFM.com and live on the Horn app.
2: The Sports Complex afternoons, five to seven of the Horn. Man, the scene was so thick. rise seventy-seven
1: Sevilles, L dogs, them but the blacks, all the players, all the hustle. I'm talking about a black man having him. You
2: know what I'm saying?
1: Back on the Sports Complex here on The Horn. Playing debut singles from some of the biggest artists in the world to celebrate our first week here on The Horn. Outcast, Starting off hot. First single. First single. Killing it with player's ball. And I you know what? At hard, if you're out there listening, I never got my bobblehead from Chipper Jones. We were, we were told we were getting bobbleheads. I blame I blame Chipper. I blame him for a lot of my bad memories of youth being an Astros fan. Uh, Astros not looking great right now with a runner on third for the Orioles. Uh, we'll get to the Astros in a minute. Uh, remember our uh, poll of the day, if you want to text us in, 512-337-3776. Uh, we're asking who is the current worst owner in sports because Kevin Brown, the announcer for the Orioles, suspended indefinitely. All reports are suspended indefinitely for simply stating that they Orioles had historically in the last few years been very bad when playing in Tampa Bay, which is true. He didn't say anything wrong. And he was saying that they were playing much better. Now it had a positive spin on it, but he is suspended indefinitely. So we're looking for some thin-skinned, terrible sports owners that are currently running it. And uh, look, fortunately, Mike, Michael Jordan was one of those. He's gone. Dan Snyder was one. He's gone. Donald Sterling's gone. Like So I, I think they've worked out some of the, some of the bad ones. But uh, if we can say – I, I think we're also kind of predicting who's going to be the next terrible one. we got to predict that too. Who's the next one? Mark Davis is up there that he may be the one that just continues to go downhill in, in Vegas. I, I was rooting for the Vegas. I, I was rooting for him last year. I was trying to believe. We've got a good last name in Mark Davis. You know, when he Davis is i got to support did not end well. Texas Rangers win last night in Oakland. Uh, it's an, it was an ugly game. Uh, I know they came out afterwards and acted like they really won that game. They scored three runs off of errors, uh, a, a catch in the outfield. You know, I know he was going up against the wall, but yeah, you got to make that catch if you're playing Major League Baseball and a catch uh, routine play to first base. The pitcher couldn't catch it. Uh, you know, you get a couple runs on these things. So, it, as much as it was, it was it was an important win. You got to get that win. It uh it wasn't exactly the uh, you know, confidence inspiring. Man, we blew out the the Oakland A's. I think they're going to come out tonight and uh Max Scherzer's pitching. It seems much more like they're going to try and uh, you know, make a statement today. Because again, this is a big part of the series. They could take a three-game series by the Astros being off yesterday. They get a three-game uh lead over the Astros in the AL Division. The Astros right now playing the Orioles, it is uh, going to be a tough series. This is one of the biggest series for Baltimore. We'll play some audio of Dusty uh, saying that thing and uh, coming off uh, not, uh, not very nice. Let's put it this way. For the fact that they, they would have uh, suspended their, their own announcer for less than what Dusty Baker said. But I do have some audio from Bruce Bochy. He was talking about playing in Oakland, and one of the things I'll give Bruce Bochy a lot of credit for is he's been able to get this team amped up. He's been able to get this team... Uh, focused and playing at a level that you need to play to be in the playoffs in in any sport, but especially in baseball, you have to be focused. It is a long season, and to win a division, to be able to get in, a, a, to get a good seed, to be able to win in the playoffs, you have to stay focused. You have to stay up. You cannot get down, even though you are playing a a much maligned team that is trying to lose in a building with nobody there. And Bruce Bochy was on 105 through the fan in Dallas. Uh, today, and they asked him about what it's like to play in Oakland right now, considering the fact that there's almost nobody there. Here's what Bruce Bochy had to say.
2: Well, it's completely different than uh, what we were playing in front of in at Texas there. I mean, our fans are really into the games. We appreciate that. I mean, it was just a lot of fun in that homestand. Come here, I mean, we all know about what's going on here in Oakland, so uh, it is something uh, we did talk about and discuss. Uh, you got to get you know, yourselves up to playing these games. I mean, it's it's not even spring training, and those games can be you know a little a little dead at times. But uh, you know, when you have a stadium that probably seats sixty thousand, there's I don't know four or five thousand in there. Looks like nobody's in there. It's really quiet. Uh, uh, in fact, we were kidding in the dugout that time, just kind of whispering, "Hey, be quiet, everybody!" <laughs> so, it's uh, it's different. But uh, hey, you, you got to get yourself up. These games count; they count just the same as any uh, game you play. So, it's going to be important that uh, we, we continue to uh, you know to play like we did last night.
1: Yeah, uh, they're going to have to continue to play. They have to play better than they played last night because they played they they won the game. But, again, you get a couple of errors. You get, you get some lucky balls in there that if you don't win this game without the errors. So this team needs to play a little bit better. I get it. You're in Oakland. It's hard to get going. Uh, but And there's injuries. There's injuries for the Rangers right now. Uh, we know uh, they've been dealing with it for a little while. Did get a little uh, report that uh, Jonah Heim, the all-star catcher for the Rangers, is coming back. Here's Bruce Bochy talking about... Jonah Himes' uh, recovery progress and seeing if he's going to be able to be back sooner rather than later. Uh, This is him talking earlier today on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas.
2: I tell you, it's encouraging with Jonah. It really is. uh, You know, caught Montgomery's pin. He's he's, uh, swinging a bat. uh, uh, Geez, uh, I mean, he's letting it go, too, so... Um, I don't know what the timetable is, but uh, it's been a, really ac- accelerated uh, to the point where, you know, I'm not going to be surprised once we get home uh, if he's not knocking on the door as far as getting some playing time or getting back in there. Now, from the right side, he has not swung the bat, but the uh, left side have no issues. He's having no issues uh, uh, receiving the ball. Meanwhile, he's doing all his uh, running and everything to make sure once he can go, he's ready to go.
1: So there's Bruce he's talking about Jonah Heim getting ready to go. Uh, Astros not looking like they're going to have a great game today. Already down 5 to nothing, uh against the Orioles. And uh, Fromber is on the game. Throws a no-hitter last game. He was told by Martín Maldonado to slow down. Uh, he was doing great. But if he throws a no-hitter, and he's already given up five runs in two innings or an inning in a third or an inning and two-thirds so far today. So not a great start there for Fromber. Uh, you know, it's that inconsistency. We've seen with Fromber this year that certain guys are starting to figure him out. Uh, and, you know, you get a no-hitter in there, you feel a little bit more confident, and we get back to uh, five runs through one and two-thirds innings. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is going for Baltimore tonight. Not a great name, but uh does not seem to matter if you get the run support. Up 5 nothing right now. No Chaz McCormick in the lineup as well. I know Jake Myers had the great game Sunday uh, against the Yankees. But, yeah, Chaz McCormick already back on the bench for Dusty. Is it going to stay for the rest of the, the series, or is this a one-game, give him some rest? I know you were at the White House yesterday, and uh, Dusty Baker, uh, always, uh, always good for a sound clip. Here's Dusty Baker at the White House yesterday talking about this series with the Orioles coming up.
2: I said the night we won that if we won one,
1: we'd win two. And so now... I got to keep my word. I like keeping my word. And we're in the middle of making it happen right now. Coming off a great series in New York, heading into a big series in Baltimore, probably the biggest series that Baltimore has had in a while. But... Yeah. But...
0: <laughs>
1: hey... <laughs> I'm known to be honest, you know. No harm intended. No harm intended from Dusty Baker there. Uh I, I think he may have given some uh some locker room material for Baltimore up five nothing through two innings uh already against the Astros today. Uh that game is on TBS if you want to watch it and you do not have ATT Sports Net. Uh I still can't I can't stand the uh the the standoff of these smaller companies that are going under and uh, are only on a couple platforms, and it's very hard to get the games. But today's game you'll be able to watch on TBS. I don't know how great of a game it's going to be. Uh, we've already seen five runs scored. Hopefully the Astros, who did not put up a lot of runs against uh, – they did have that last Sunday game where they put up nine runs against the Yankees, but uh, did not get a lot of hits uh, going through uh, the the series against the Yankees on the road. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, – the Astros are very much waiting to get home – get off of this ride of paying eight uh, series against teams with winning records in a row. I do believe they play the Angels next, who are on a seven-game losing streak. The Rangers have not lost a game since the trade deadline. The Angels have not won a game since they decided not to trade Shohei Otani. And I said at the time by the trade deadline that that was a dumb decision. And I, I'll give them. If it, they can come back and make the playoffs, and they, he stay even if they don't make the playoffs, if he stays in the offseason, then it wasn't a dumb decision because you kept Shohei Ohtani and I get it. If he leaves in the offseason, you don't make the playoffs. And you just you traded you got you added more salary, you did everything but you didn't fix the problems. You still don't have a deep team. You still don't have your problems figured out in in, in LA. Then this may have been one of the worst decisions you've ever made not to trade Shohei Otani cuz he's killing it still. But no one else on this team can play. I don't know what's happening. For the Angels, but uh, it, it's as someone else in that division, and how good. And the Mariners are only a couple games behind the Astros. They're trying to come back and and make a run, even though they're sellers every year. It kind of pisses off the team, and they seem to play better after the team gives away some of their better players. <laughs> I don't get it, but the, the Mariners that seems to be their track record. Uh, of course, the Rangers uh, in action a little bit later tonight. Uh, we're going to take one last break. We'll come back for last call. Uh, we will give. Uh, we got a couple more. If you have another answer, 512-337-3776 is the Specs text line. If you have an answer for who is the current worst owner in sports, we're trying to figure out these thin-skinned billionaires who seem to get so upset. If you have an answer for that, send it in, 512-337-3776. Patrick's big fat poll today, who is the worst owner in sports currently? Send that in. We'll wrap up the show here on the other side. Here on the Horn.
0: The Sports Complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. Woo! Hell yeah! On the Horn.
1: Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol.
2: The cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do.
1: I drink. And I know things.
2: Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes until somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk, but I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over.
1: Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex. Thank you for playing along with us today on the Specs Tech line, giving us uh, plenty of answers for Patrick's big fat poll of the day. Truly, Drew appreciated. Astros right now down five to zero. Fromber Valdez, the man who uh, who threw a no hitter in his last start, has already given up five runs. Uh, the Astros are uh, at are trying this series. They have some ace. They have some of their better pitchers going out. Christian Javier will, is projected to go tomorrow, and Hunter Brown on uh, wins on Thursday. Sorry. So. Uh, I'm a little thrown off. I was not expecting the Astros to be already getting blown. up. I was expecting to watch some of this game in peace. Let's be real, because on last call we like to tell you some uh, suggestions of what you can go get up to tonight after our show's over. You know, uh, you can continue to listen to Horn. Uh, we're going to have the Rangers game pregame at eight uh, o'clock. The game starts at eight forty, but that'll be on tonight, so you can check that out. Uh, and uh, some other picks from around town. If you want to go down to Sea Boys Heart and Soul, having a good show tonight. Jack Burton is going to be kicking things off about eight 30. And after that, the night Owls playing some funk and soul music for you, getting you ready, having a good dance party on a Tuesday night. And backbones is over at the continental club gallery. Uh fun night over there. Backbones, uh, just getting funky. You got to go up the stairs. I know. I know there's stairs for guys like me. I don't, I don't appreciate the stairs, but, uh, the music is good enough when backbones is playing that it's worth going up the stairs. Uh, Thank you to everybody for tuning in, uh, for joining in the conversation about the worst sports owners uh, currently pitching, uh, currently active. We'll say active as owners. Uh, We did have some honorable mentions of Bud Adams and Donald Sterling. I think we can throw in Bud Adams' daughter because she's the one who uh, who has allowed them to try and wear Oilers uniforms this season and uh, will not just give back to Houston like any decent person would do. So uh, we may put her on this list. Uh, some other names. Mark Davis from the Raiders is a good name. Uh, Bob Nutting from the Pirates. John Fisher from the A's. Tillman Fertitta from the Rockets. I, I don't know if Fertitta gets in, just solely on the fact that I feel they had a pretty decent offseason. They bring in Amy Adoka. I I, I think he's going to try now. I, I do give you credit that since he bought the team in 2017, it has not been great The whole Daryl Morey thing. I'm just not a huge fan of Daryl Morey. Uh, Jerry Jones, of course, is going to be on the list. My man Chan is going to bring up (laughs) Jerry Jones. Well, I'll put him on the list. Look, we'll put him on the poll. I'm not going to vote for him. But I'll put him on the poll because the people have spoken. Enough people have said Jerry Jones is one of the worst owners in sports. Jim Ursay is on that list a couple times. Hal Steinbrenner. And you know what? Artie Moreno. Good call for the listener who just mentioned Artie Moreno. We were talking about the Angels not trading away Shohei Otani, trying to go all in for it, trying to, you know, get the get the squeeze the last bit of juice out of the Shohei Ohtani And hoping for some reason, that he decides to stay with an organization that has not only him but Mike Trout and can't seem to put together a season where they're even in third place in their own division. They're in fourth place in the division in the AL West. And, yeah, it's a good division. But uh, that's not acceptable if you have Shoei Otani playing as well as he is. I know Mike Trout's injured. But Marty Moreno, I like that. That franchise has had so many problems. The scandals that have come out of there. Of uh, you know the the drugs that were being sold out of there, I believe they've had issues with uh, the spider tech and stuff like that. Just not a great organization. And I get people get mad at the Astros because of cheating, and Jim Crane was part of that. I get it. Uh, I'm not going to put him on the list because he he won uh uh he won a he won two World Series. So I'm going to give him credit for winning two World Series. Uh, I can understand though people people not enjoying that one. But I'm putting Arnie Moreno on our list. We'll put that up on uh, all the horn social medias. We'll share it out on mine as well. If you want to follow me, my social media, you can do that at It's Patrick Davis on a Twitter and Instagram or X and Instagram and threads and all of those things. At It's Patrick Davis is uh, where to check that out. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, more great content for you. Uh, e and Rod B, of course, here on morning 6 to 11 a.m. So uh, make sure to check that out. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more. Uh, until then, please uh, thank you so much for everybody who joined us on the Specs Text Line. Uh, I am looking for, i was looking forward. I'm really—I'm really flustered and thrown off because the Astros, the Astros now with bases loaded though, so maybe I'll not be. Uh, by the time I leave the office tonight, I won't be as flustered and I'll be able to enjoy uh, some of this game. But uh, until then, I—I'm uh, just going to have to deal with the fact that uh, this may be a long series for the Astros. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that, but you'll find out tomorrow, right back here, 5 p.m. on the Sports Complex. Until then, have a great night. Enjoy yourself. Keep your underwear clean. And we'll see you tomorrow right here at 5 o'clock on The Horn.